What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Alex De Silva podcast. We hope you are well and having an amazing day, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. And welcome to another episode. Remember to like, subscribe, and leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. Now, let's get on with the show with your host, Alex De Silva. What's going on, everyone? I hope you're well. You're having a beautiful week. This is uh, another episode. And today, as you may have seen by the topic, it's uh, this potentially could be a very controversial one, but it's, it, it's a personal experience. And I'm just going to put it out there from the beginning. Um, I'm not religious by any means. I don't follow any religion. I have studied various religions and I have found many common grounds and there is a lot of beauty, I think, in certain religions. I'm not here to talk about religion, um, but I am just here to talk about my experience so far with my quarter equiner journey, which has been four months now, and also the my experience so far with God our creator, what I've learned, what that means to me. And I'd love to hear from you. What does that mean to you? You know, and what's your experience? Because we are currently in a time on this planet where there is a lot of chaos, a lot of chaos, you know, whether we like to admit it or not, it is, it's very chaotic. And there is some very crazy things happening. And as we are as we are seeing, we seem to be edging, dangerously edging towards what people are already talking about, you know, a potential World War Three. Now, I pray and I hope that that never happens because the people that suffer always are the innocent people, the day-to-day people, the people that pay the taxes, the people that work, the people that, you know, slave for 65 years paying taxes and, you know, and, and working to save money so that, you know, they can, they can retire and then when eventually, you know, they can live. If you're lucky, if you haven't died before that, if you haven't died before that, cause you slaved your whole life, you might get 10, 15, 20 years. If you're lucky, if you're lucky. And the way we're seeing now, you know, it's uh people are still having to work longer and longer and longer so you're pretty much working to to the day you die like you're a slave to this system and it's not right let's be honest let's be honest and you know i'm not going to get into politics or anything like that i'm just being realistic i'm being very realistic i want to share these thoughts because it is a scary time and it is really frightening to see how we are becoming so divided, so divided. We're being divided by God. We're being divided through religion. We're now being divided through race. We're now being divided through genders. We're now being, we're being divided in whichever way possible, whichever way possible that human beings, man and a woman can be divided. They are finding a way in order to divide us. Why? Why is that? because it causes chaos 
and it doesn't cause chaos to the people that are causing this. And let's also be very realistic. As we're seeing, this is always caused, and this is history repeating itself. It's always caused by people in power. Why? Because the reason they do this is in order for to control us. Because if 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 they if they propagand all of this stuff to us and we buy into it, which we do, we all buy. I don't watch the news. I don't watch. I can't remember the last time I ever watched the news. It was it's been years. Even during you know the the the, the pandemic era, I didn't watch anything. I may have caught one or two things, and as soon as because for me now I know it's a lie. I switch it off. I have zero interest. And I'll be honest with you. As soon as I did that, the, the, the day I started to switch off the news, my life improved. Why? Because I don't have to consume negativity. I don't have to consume fear. And that's what this is all, all about. You know, consuming fear, consuming negativity. It sucks the goodness out of us. It really does. It sucks the goodness out of us. And it makes us worried, fearful, angry, resentment, again, across all of the things that I described before, you know, and we're arguing with people over beliefs, even now, whether you're a vegan, whether you're carnivore, whether you're, um, you know, whether you're Tito, I was going to say Plato, but that's not, that's not the right thing. But I even laugh about it now because it's hilarious. We take things so seriously as though like our lives depend on it. And I used to be like that. I used to be like that. I, you know, during the pandemic, I wanted to share, you know, because I didn't believe in any of it. That's my truth. And I have nothing against anybody else. But my thought process around it was I want to try and protect and help as many people as I possibly can, because I can see the evil. I can see the darkness. I can see the corruption. I can see those things and I'm not afraid to speak about it. You know, I'm not afraid of what anybody's going to think. Like I just don't care anymore because I've realized that if I care about what everybody else thinks, I'm dead inside anyway. Like I'm just living in fear and I don't want to live like that. I, I've done that a lot in my life. I grew up, you know, surrounded by fear, surrounded by stress, surrounded by traumas. And like, and I don't want that in my life. What I want in my life is to have fulfillment, is to have happiness, is to have joy, to have laughter. And it's so important that we understand the difference between the two. But most importantly, it's important that we understand what's truly going on in the world and thankfully there are so many people who are seeing it who are waking up to it a lot of people aren't saying things because they're still in fear let's be honest because if you're scared about speaking your truth you're living in fear you're not living in 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 your heart center you're not living in courage you're still fearful and that's okay by the way i'm not judging because i've been there it takes time that's what i wanted to say Look, it takes time. And for those of you who are transitioning away from being in the system and, and being against everything and screaming and shouting, whether you are vegan, carnivore, keto, whether you are, you know, LGBTQ, whatever, you know, whether you're fighting for whatever country, you know, before it was Russia and Ukraine and now it's Palestine and, you know, and so on and so forth. It doesn't matter. The whole thing is a stage. Every single one of these things have been staged and they've been staged to divide us. They've been staged. So we fight amongst ourselves 
we kill each other so people in power can go, you are out of control, you need to be controlled. These are the laws and legislations we are going to put in place in order for you to behave. But the thing is, they've had all these laws and legislations in the first place. All they're doing is, is they're just adding more and more and more and more to control you further and further and further. So it's not like they're creating anything new. They're just trying to tighten the belt more and more and more. So you literally that 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 belt around your, your neck is so tight that you can't breathe and you can't do anything because everything that you do is going to be monitored. And we're seeing it now. Everything you do is monitored on your phone. Things are monitored. And, you know, now they're going to move you away from from fiat currency, paper, money, paper currency. They're going to move you away from that. Why? Because if you digitalize everything now, you have zero choice because money, you can stash that. You can keep that somewhere. Silver, gold. I'm not sponsored by anybody, but I highly recommend you buy yourself some crypto. Exactly the same. But even that now, I saw that in the UK, which is where I am, and I think globally this is happening as well. There is a there is a law now that you know it, it, they're trying to, to to centralize this. So even that is crypto safe? I don't think it is. That's my view on it. I don't think it is, but it's you know potentially could be a safer way. I liked crypto because it was decentralized. But here's the thing again. It's going into fear, you know, oh, my God, now crypto, you know, is going to be centralized and now we're, we're completely screwed. That's it now. Like the world's going to end. The world's not going to end. It ends when you finish your experience. When you choose to finish this experience, that's when things end. But look, one of the things I want to, to, to highlight to you, one of my biggest problems around all of this before was this, you know, does God exist? You know, is God real? You know, and I remember and I've heard people say it before, you know, oh, you know, if God is real, they you know why do babies die? If God is real, why do children suffer? If God is real, why do people get raped? Is God and people go on and on and on, you know, about if God is real. And I used to ask the same questions. I would ask the same questions. I would wonder and ponder and you know, and I've had my own personal experiences with mental health, with addiction, with abuse. And I would ask the same questions. If God is real, why isn't he or she helping me? And and I remember throughout my life, and I've been through a number of things where I'll give you an example. When I was little, I was about nine, 10 years old. I suffered from a, uh, a ver another very rare condition. I did a bit of research around it, and it's actually really rare. So I got chickenpox when I was little, then got chickenpox again, and almost died. I may have told this story before in a previous episode, so I'm not going to kind of go into it too much. But I got these uh, this chickenpox. But what happens with with this version that I've got? It it doesn't come out again, and it doesn't turn into. Um, I can't remember the the other word. I, I'll, I'll I'll remember it. But um, uh, measles, I think it is. I can't remember now. But it doesn't turn into it. It actually got worse because it broke internally. So instead of all the little spots and and the sores come out in the skin, it, everything broke inwards. So it was my whole internal everything from literally like mouth all the way down to throat, chest, stomach, everything. And honestly. I cannot describe it to you. It is the most 
painful thing ever because you cannot drink, you cannot eat. There is nothing. I could try and sip just to try and stay a little bit hydrated, but it got so bad that I couldn't eat or drink. And this went on for two weeks. And uh, I ended up having to be on a drip and nobody could figure out. So this was in the 90s. It was about 1990, 91. And this went on and on and on. And I'm getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And we went from doctors to hospitals. We went everywhere. And I'm talking in my city where I used to live in Brazil. And we kept going back as I kept getting worse. And it got to the point where I started to faint. Anyways, I remember one day. My family are very religious growing up in Brazil. They're Catholic. And I remember just one day getting down on my knees and I just prayed. I don't know who was praying to. I'm nine, 10 years old. Like, I, I don't know anything about, you know, I don't really understand any stuff. It's more about kind of, you know, my grandmother was very religious, but she was never pushy. She's always been very kind, very loving. And I've always admired her. She, you know, this is one of the reasons why I love and respect women so much because she was the fundamental pillar of what a woman truly is. You know, she raised 13 children. She had 13 children in poverty. She would go without to make sure that all the children survived. Most of my aunties and uncles went to university. They graduated. And this, my family grew up with nothing, nothing. And a lot of them graduated and, and, you know, went on to have, you know, incredible lives and they've got beautiful children now. And, you know, this obviously includes my mum. And I, I was, I was 14th, basically. I was like the 14th child. So anyways, so I, you know, my, my nan always loved me dearly. She treated me like her son and I called her mum. I never called my grandmother, grandmother, I called her mum. Because she was, she was a mom to me and, and she was phenomenal and she would teach me things, but she never pushed anything on me. And I remember that day, you know, I was praying and didn't think anything of it because I was a child. And here's the thing. We were running out of choices. I was dying because I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink and I was wasting away. And as a, as a, as a little boy, there's only so much, you know, you, you can take with these things. And I was weak, 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 weak. And we're having to get buses to places. So I'm having to walk all these distances and having to go everywhere because we don't have money. Like we're not rich. And, you know, it was really taking its toll. So we turn up at this hospital and this doctor just appears out of the blue, looks at me, takes one look at me and says, come with me. And, um, you know, next thing you know, he's looking inside me, he's taking a look and he says, right, you've got this. This is very rare. This is what you need to take X, Y and Z. Gave my mum all this stuff. We left. Never saw this man ever again. He disappeared. And and then within days, within days, I was the sores had healed. Um, I was eating again. And then that was it within within a week. I was back to normal. I was out playing, doing the things I need to do, like being a kid again. But I never thought about it, never thought about it. Then I come to the UK and have my own struggles, go through life. And I went into addiction. Some of you know about my addiction story. I suffer from addiction pretty much my whole life, but went into serious drugs, sex, alcohol addiction, porn addiction, uh, relationship addiction, anything I can kind of get my hands on, really. I, I, I was doing, I think I tried pretty much most drugs. The only things I have never done is I've never smoked a pipe and I've never injected myself with anything. Um, 
but then pretty much everything else I I had done. I and I'd done to the point where I, you know, I'd had overdoses and, you know, almost killed myself a number of times. So, you know, I I was in a really bad place. And I remember living to die. I'd given up, given up on life. Couldn't care less anymore. I was like, do you know what? If I have another overdose, it is what it is. I had ruined relationships. I'd blamed everybody for my problems. When truthy, I was taking no responsibility or, or accountability for myself. I, you know, I had bought the place that I live in now. And, you know, thank God by that point, I was coming, I was reaching the end of, of that addiction. Thank God. And um, I I remember coming into recovery. My wife now, if you guys don't know the story, so my wife is in recovery. And when I met her, she had lapsed for one day. She had been in recovery for 18 months. She had lapsed for a day. And she'd been back in for about six months. So we met on a, on on a dating app, and we went on a on on a on a few dates. And you know, I just kind of like love at first sight. She's a beautiful woman, blonde hair, blue eyes. She's amazing. She's ambitious, and you know, she's got a lot of self respect. And she's hot as hell. I love my wife even now. I love her. She's incredible, and. Um, Never thought in my life, as some of you may know, I've got two older children, 26, soon to be 26 and 19. And, you know, we met and I thought, God, I'm not having any more children. She was in recovery. And I remember going to a 12 step meeting. Now, the 12 step meetings are in Alcoholics Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. And there are various other ones as well. And I remember just going through this, you know, this experience of going into this meeting and it was in a church, in a church. And I remember walking in and I remember they give you readings. So everybody reads, you know, a little card and, you know, they're different readings from the book. And I remember the reading that I've got is called We Can Recover. We Can Recover. It's a really beautiful reading, but it talks about the 12 steps. So it goes through each of the steps. And one of the things that people, when they first come into recovery, one of the things that stands out the most, which drives people away from getting recovery in the first place, is the word God. God. I kept seeing the word God all over. They had like these posters up with the 12 steps, the 12 traditions, and all I could see was the word God. And then I'm reading this paper, this this laminated sheet of we can recover and all i could see was the word god it was probably in there like three or four times like it really wasn't that much but it stands out and i remember thinking to myself what the fuck is god gonna do for me and i remember being in his church and i got so resentful because my whole life i was suffering i was struggling i was in pain and there were times when i needed you know, God to be there and help me or, you know, a, a spirit, a guide and something. And I remember thinking to myself, what the fuck is God going to do for me? What's he going to do for me? He's done nothing for me my whole life. I've been clean and sober almost eight years this year. On the 12th of June, 2024, I will celebrate eight years clean and sober. Now, that's not down to God by itself. God isn't going to come down here and do anything for me. But one of the things I have learned in the eight years is that we have to take accountability and responsibility for ourselves. And that's one of the things that I did. 
And one of the things that I've learned is there is a God. There is a God. There is a creator. It doesn't matter. It's not a religious one. It's not the one that's going to punish you. And it's not the one that, you know, will tell you whether you can or can't go to heaven. That's not, that's not, that's the, the religious God. That's the man-made created God. That's the God that a lot of people reject because it's this person that tells you what you can and can't do. That's not, that's not my God. That's not my God. My God doesn't tell me what I can and can't do. In fact, my God loves me for everything, everything that I do. Why? Let me explain. And I've learned this throughout the years. And I'm going to tell you how, how, how I got to this point. So I came into recovery and I bounced in and out. I wasn't interested in it at all because I kind of got the, do you know what? Thanks guys. I got the knowledge that I, I've got a drug problem, but I'm okay. I drink every now and then drinking is not my thing. And then I got myself into a really bad pickle with drinking and I had to sort myself out. So I came into the 12 step program. And as you can see now, I've stayed, I bounced in and out for a little while, but came in and stayed. And I had no choice because for me, I, I was at the end. I was at the end of it. And my sponsor, who's like a coach or a mentor, said to me, look, how far are you willing to go? Like, do you really want this? And I said to him, look, for me, I've only got two choices. Now, where I am in my life, I've got two choices. I either recover or I kill myself or I die. That's it. There was nothing in between for me. And that's pretty much how I am with life. I'm either all in or all out. That's it. I'm not, there's no kind of in between, you know, I'm not one to, to bounce in and out of things. I may do it for a little while, but for me, that's too much pain. I'd much rather make a decision one way or another. So I made a decision. I said, look, what's the worst that can happen? So I went in and started to, to do the 12 step work and it's continuous work and I've learned. And one of the things which I spoke to someone about this yesterday in the 12 step recovery it, there's uh, there are three things which they they suggest that you stick by. One of them is trust God. The other one is clean house. And the other one is help others. Now, if you could just break this down into normal life living, trust God doesn't mean God itself. It means trust something outside of you. Because when you're in trouble, we need help. You know, and that's how I understood it. That's how it made sense to me is look, you can't do things by yourself. You need to get help, which is why you're here. So the trusting God part is, are you willing to allow somebody to help you? And for me it was yes, absolutely. I don't care who it is now. I don't care if it is a spirit. I don't care if it is someone that's, you know, that, that if it's you, my sponsor at the time, I don't care who it is. I'll trust that process. And that's what it is. Trust God, trust the process. Clean house was about looking at yourself, looking at yourself, looking at your side of the street, stop blaming everybody else. And let's actually start looking in the mirror. And that's what that part was all about. And honestly, that part was very painful. And even in, in, in today, today's time, I see people coming in and out of, of recovery because they won't do this is the fourth step where it's the clean house It's four to nine where you've got to go and look at yourself, the things that you've done. But also there's a huge part in that, which isn't talked about enough, where it's a, the, the, the area about the forgiveness. It's about forgiving, forgiving and letting go and being able to move forward with your life, taking responsibility for the things that you've done, forgiving yourself, but forgiving others for things that have happened in the past. 
because you can't bring these things with you now. You can't change anything. But what you must do, and this is where they, I think there's like 106 musts in the book, and everything else is a suggestion. And these musts, if you follow them, this is where life changes. And I followed these musts because for me, I didn't have any choice. So I trusted the process. And, and the reason I'm sharing is because in time, as I trusted the process or the trust God part, and then I cleaned house, all of a sudden I was like, wow, this stuff works, man. I'm feeling good. And I'm talking quickly as well. Within the first 30 days, I was, I was flying. I was struggling a little bit because I'm still getting used to things. I'm having to work now. This did the 12 steps every day in my life. I'm having to do the things which are suggested, you know, your daily practices. And I, I just kept doing it because I thought if this is making me feel good now, if I master this stuff, if I do these things every day, I wonder what can happen to me in the long term. And I'm a newbie. I'm putting my hands up. I'm trying to sponsor people. I'm trying to do the, that last little part, which is help others. Why? Because by helping others, not only am I helping myself to stay clean and sober, it does generate that feeling of love, kindness, compassion. But also I'm learning from other people. I'm learning other people's stories. I'm getting connected to other people. I'm understanding that we all go through this. It's not a one size fits all. But we do share so many like-for-like -like experiences. And this is one of the things that they even talk about it, you know, even to this day is look for the similarities, not the differences. And in everyday life, I know religions that use the 12-step program because it's so advanced. It's so powerful. And it's, you know, it, it's definitely a book for living because it works so well. But one of the things I've learned is about this, this God. Who is this God? Who is this creator? And they don't push a religion by any means. You believe whatever you want to believe. And for me, the one person that I knew trusted God was my grandmother. And I thought my grandmother had passed away. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm, she's going to be my guide. She's going to be my angel. Cause I know that, you know, she's someone that I trust. I trust her with my life. And, and she became that angel for me. And eventually, as I started to do this, what, what starts to happen when you start to look within, which is what the 12-step program allows you to do, is to look within, you start to wonder, what else is there? What else can I do? Because the search now is the search to becoming a better person is the search to becoming a, you know, uh, to elevating my consciousness, to becoming stronger in mind, in body, in spirit. I started to, to you know, I was, I was not a believer of meditation. I was not a believer of any of this stuff. As you guys may know, I've said this a number of times. I used to think this was hippie shit. I didn't want anything to do with it. I had zero interest but I'm not one of these people that are so ignorant that I am willing to continue suffering if I know that potentially there's something that can help me, especially if I'm seeing the results in other people, especially if I'm seeing the results in other people. And what I mean by that is, are they happy? Are they fulfilled? Are they doing what they're saying that they're doing? And, you know, are they following those, you know, those, those steps? 
trust God, clean house, help others. And when I see people that are doing that, generally you will find that these people have been in recovery for a long period of time, a very long period of time. Why? Because they trust the process. They just kept doing it. And is it about perfection? Absolutely not. This is not about, you know, being Mr. Perfect, you know, becoming the Buddha or becoming Christ. It, that's not what it's about. What, what this journey, what this life journey is about, as I've learned, is about living. When people say, what's the, what's the solution to life? You know, what's the mystery of life? Live. Live. You have free will. Go do whatever you want to do. And people go, well, what do you mean? Like, go do whatever you want to do. It's like, go and do whatever you want to do. It's up to you. You can do whatever you want to do. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to the end of your journey, which is, you know, people call death when you die. And people fear that. Don't ever fear death, by the way. And I'll get to this. Death is not, it is not a horrible thing. It's not something where you're going to suffer. When people suffer is because of fear. You don't have to fear anything. And I'll get to, to the reasons why. Because when you understand who you truly are, you understand that this is only a journey. And more and more of us are hearing now that this is just a school. Earth is a school. It's a school for us to learn things. And there are currently 8 billion of us here. And there seems to be more and more and more of us coming because, you know, at one point or another, it's going to end. You know, so more and more people want to come in here and have the experience. And why do they choose Earth? Because Earth is the most dense. It's the toughest place in order for us to come and have a human experience. You know, you have positive polarity, you have negative polarity, and everything lives amongst each other. You know, you have fear, you have resentment, you have anger, you have, and you guys will know, Everything you can think of here is possible. Anything you can conjure up in your mind, you create anything. So what I always say to people is, well, look, you can go and do whatever you want because you have the free will to do so. But always be mindful around your choices because when life ends and you have your life review, which is when you get to review your life, there isn't going to be God there telling you whether you can or cannot get to heaven it's you looking at you and the thing is not only do you experience the things that you've done you will experience everything that you did to the other person you will experience every single one of their feelings and emotions and when i learned that throughout the years especially more recently as well as it's come more and more clear I've become very conscious. And again, not to try and be perfect because I can't. I'm having an experience. Emotions happen, you know. And But what I do try to practice is just to be a little bit more mindful, more mindful around being snappy, more mindful maybe about being grumpy, more mindful around, you know, uh, my temper, more mindful around raising my voice. Instead, I try to take a breath. I take a deep breath in. I just relax for a little bit and I smile. You know, my daughter always says to me, she always looks at me and she goes, are you OK, daddy? And I smile. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just waking up or, you know, daddy's just focusing. I'm OK because I have a very serious face when I'm focusing. And then my children sometimes think, even my wife, she's like, honestly, if you can see your own face, you look like you want to you want to kill someone. I'm like, oh, honestly, I'm good. I'm, I'm just really focused. 
but I see in all of my children when they're focused on something, they have that frown, that face. So I get it. But, you know, even little things like that, I've learned, you know, the power of being loving and being kind and being compassionate. And the reason why these things are important, you know, because we are energy. This is what we are. We are effectively, essentially energy beings and we exchange energy. Currently, we're exchanging it through words. And this is how we exchange things. So your words are your energy exchange. And it is the most powerful thing that you have. One of the most powerful things that you have. The first most powerful thing that you have is your brain, is your mind. Your mind is this infinite vastness of creativity. And you are able to create anything, 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 anything you think of. If you wake up and you say to yourself, oh, my God, it's going to be a shit day. Oh, my God, I'm tired. Oh, my God, I'm so sick. What do you start to attract? Think about it. Think. Think about how you how you create things, how you're manifesting your existence. And a lot of people, until they think about it properly, until they really consciously become aware of their thoughts, a lot of people go living without being conscious being consciously awake to what's going on around them and you know i i've heard the kind of the term called an npc which is a you know a, a non-player character so when you watch games and you've got these characters in the background they're just walking around running they're just doing random things and they're not really they're just there they're just there because they're part of the game and you see people around walking around like they're literally just part of the game they're not really conscious. They're stuck to their phone. They don't even look up the amount of times we've almost run people over because people are just crossing a road without even looking. And I'm thinking, and my wife and I always look at each other with complete dismay. It's going, how on earth are you just crossing a road? Like, not only is it really entitled, it's massively dangerous. You're stepping out into a road where there's oncoming traffic both ways, and you're not even looking. And it, it just blows my mind. And when you bib someone, they kind of look at you as though you're the one doing something wrong. So, so be mindful around these things. Again, you can do whatever you want. But if you get hit by a car and that's the end of your life, well, that was your exit point. And you have exit points. You know, when people talk about, you know, those, bloody hell, that was a close call. Some of them are called exit points. So in life, you have these exit points where these things can happen to us. You know, you have challenging times like the call to require like when i was little and i had you know the the that uh that severe chicken pox you know there there are various different you know uh challenging points there are exit points potentially where we could go do you know what yeah actually this could be my turn or you know it might not you know there have been times when people were you know supposedly on a plane or on a train or on the underground or on a bus and something happened and they were like, oh, my God, I was meant to be on now. I'm so glad I didn't get on. And, you know, so these are, you know, these are those times in life where these things could happen. And the reason I'm sharing these things is think about these things. Think about your mind, how you create everything. The creator created all of this. Everything that you look around you, look at the beauty. Take away currently. Take away currently the wars, the dramas, the who's right, who's wrong, 
you know, whatever nutrition you want to follow, whatever you want to call yourself, the color of your skin, you know, religion, let's for one moment remove all of that. Let's remove all of it just for a moment. Remove all of that and take a, a, a peek inside your mind and start to think about the most beautiful things that you've ever seen, the most beautiful things that you can see. And look for things where you can be grateful. Start looking around and seeing how incredible the planet really is. And when you start to see these things, you start to realize that everything is alive. Everything has energy. Everything. Your mobile phone has energy. It buzzes. That's energy. It charges. It charges through electricity. It's energy. You have a look at your television. You have a look outside. You have a look at the sun that comes up and then it goes down and you have the moon. Everything is surrounded by energy. We have free water, free energy. We have free gas. And yes, these things are free. You're not supposed to pay for these things. These things that the earth provides. We shouldn't be paying for things that the planet already provides. The, the planet provides for all the food that we pay for. So all of these things that we've been given so many things that are free, which is now people are questioning and saying, why am I paying for things that the earth gives me for free? And this is where you start to not only wake up to the reality of things, you start to realize, wow. This is powerful. All of these things are free. Why am I paying for this stuff? And sure, this is where some of the chaos starts. But look, when you start to look at these things, what you start to realize when you really find the truth is you are creator. Every single one of you, every single one of us, we are gods. And some of you may laugh. Some of you may go, you are crazy. Some of you, especially religious people, are going to go, how dare you? How dare you think that you're above Christ? Christ is my brother. Christ is your brother. Buddha is your brother. Allah, doesn't matter whoever it is. It is your brother and sister. Like we are all connected. We are all one. Nobody is above us. Nobody, not even God. We are all equals. We are all equals, every single one of us. Why? Because we were created from the source. How did I discover that? How did I discover that? And how can I say it with so much confidence? You cannot tell me otherwise. And look, I'll be honest with you. I'm having a human experience. So for me, when people say, do you have proof? I have proof because I've been there. <laughs> I have proof because I've been there. I can only try to show you in the same way. And if you have the same experience, and I've worked with a number of people who have had the same experience, so they've learned that, and it's completely changed their lives. And they're like, oh, my God, I was an atheist. I did not believe in any of this stuff. I never thought any of this could be possible. I never thought that there was anything other than me. I, I genuinely believed, some people genuinely believed that they were just a human being. And when they died, that was it. You go in the ground, you rot, you become part of the earth again, and that's it. It's over. And I'm like, how do you feel now? And they're like, oh, my God, life is incredible. Like, this this, this stuff is insane. And it goes into the thing, but this is where people get geeked out because it's like, how on earth do we never knew this before? But this is the awakening, which is happening now. You start to realize that the system that has been created very cleverly too has been designed to make us forget who we are. 
Why? Because a very few select that have been going on for years, by the way, this has been going on for thousands and thousands and thousands of years of years. This isn't the first time it's happened. History always repeats itself. But we we've learned everything that we need to learn. So it's not going to continue to repeat itself. So be mindful. Even you guys who do the bad stuff, be mindful. Let's all try to kind of wake up here. The bad guys, you're never going to win. Never. I know it's necessary because it teaches us all a lesson, but you are never, ever, ever going to win because there is no winning. There is no winning. There is no losing. It's just an experience. Some people won't ever change because they will just go to the end to just do things just because that's their journey and it's part of the journey. But there is a lot of us, even those who are, uh, you know, choosing to do things that aren't necessarily aligned with them, that are negative polarity or negatively driven, negative energy. Some people don't always feel pulled to that because it is hard work. There is a lot that comes with that. When, you're, when, you're, when your energy is negative, it, it sucks everything out of you because it's very low and you feel it. You feel it when you're stressed, when you're depressed, when you're anxious, when you commit a crime, when you do something bad, when you hurt someone mentally, physically, people feel it. I don't care who you are. You feel that because it's an energy exchange and that's something you can't run away from. And people doing the good stuff, you keep shining, you keep seeking, you keep doing the stuff that you're doing. Those in the middle who are waking up, this is that kind of that tough time. It's the tough time where you're like, you know, is it real? Truth is, unless you experience it for yourself, you're never going to know. But you can experience it when you go within. And this is the journey that we have here. This is why having this earthly experience is so tough. Because there is so much stuff that, you know, we would call goodness, things that, you know, the, the shiny, you know, the shiny and bright lights, all, all, the, all the glittery things that remove our attention from potentially focusing on things that could really help us to learn, grow and develop. Now, you're doing that regardless, by the way, you're doing that regardless. So, again, don't think as things is right or wrong. It's just a choice. So you can choose, choose whatever you want to do. It's completely up to you. But the journey is, you know, it is for you to, to be able to, to, to have an experience. And when you're waking up, for those of you waking up, just keep going, keep going, keep trusting the process. Because one of the things that was said to me, and I say to people all the time, look, if you go on this waking journey, what's the worst that can happen? You wake up, you reach enlightenment, and all of a sudden you're like, holy monkeys, this is incredible. Oh, my God, I've reached unconditional love. I've reached Christ consciousness. I've reached enlightenment. You know, you, you, you completely take yourself out of this physical form. What's the worst that can happen? Because when you leave your body and you go back home, which is what it is, it's home, because we don't belong here. None of us belong here. This is home. This is not home for us. Home is somewhere else. When you go home and you know what home is, some of you, especially spiritual people who understand that, know what home feels like. You know that this is not your home. You're just here to have an experience and you make the best of it. You make the absolute best of it. 
But those, you know, you will start to, you know, eventually you will. We all will. So it's nothing to worry about. We're all going to go home. And home is the purest form of, of love, the purest form of kindness. It's the only thing that you can call perfection. Because none of the stuff, none of the negativity, none of these things, you cannot take those, those things there. Everything gets cleared before you get back to, to home. So again, nothing to worry about. You can do whatever you want. You can have any experience that you want. So, you know, the, the, the awakening phase, and if you don't like it, by the way, if you don't like feeling love, if you don't like happiness, you don't like joy, you don't like fulfillment, you don't like abundance, you don't like health, you don't like wealth, well, you can always go back to the life you were living before. And that's the truth. And this is what I now start to share to people. This is that 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 God experience, that creator experience. And again, have I once said anything to you that you're going to go to hell or, and we'll touch on hell now, you know, that you're going to go to hell when if you, you know, if you commit a crime or if you hurt someone that, you know, you're, you're not going to make it to heaven and, you know, you're going to go to purgatory or you're going to burn in hell and blah, 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 blah. No, that's not, that's religious texts. That's things that were written by a man, by a man, by men. It wasn't written by God. And one of the things that I've learned and continue to learn in every single religious text, there's probably about 20%, which is true. The rest is all fabrication. Sorry to tell you, but it's true. It's all fabrication. And it, and it breaks my heart because I have, I, have the, I have the Bible, I have the 12 steps, I even have the Quran in, uh, in, in my house. And I like reading. I enjoy reading different texts. I like to learn. I learned mindfulness meditation from the Buddhist monk. So, you know, I've learned various different things and they all teach the most beautiful things. But there is an element with every single one of these things where when people start to talk about if you do this, this is going to happen, I switch off because that's man-made. You cannot say that to someone. That is not within your power to tell someone what you can and cannot do. If someone's going to commit a crime, if they're going to hurt someone, we can counsel them, we can advise them, we can even stop them because we don't want those things to happen. Absolutely. We should intervene. If someone's going to commit a crime and they're going to hurt someone, they're going to potentially you know, take someone else's life. We are within our rights 110% to stop that. If you see that someone's potentially going to be raped or someone's going to, and I keep seeing this online now, like people knocking each other out and beating each other up, you know, like people were sharing like that. I saw one this morning, I switched off straight away of, you know, an old lady getting beaten up by a nurse in a nursing home. Who does that? Who does that? Why would you do that to someone? You know, and this is the human version of me that go, why would you do that to someone? You're a young, strong woman. You're holding this lady and you're hitting her in the face and you're kicking her. Why are you doing it? And there's, there's nursing staff walking past and someone's filming it. Someone's filming it. It's not like in private. There are people walking by that walk work in this place. I'm sure something's been done about it, but how awful is that? To just allow that to happen. Is this a society that we want to grow up in? Is this the society that we want to live in? Sure, we have the free will, but we also have the free will to stop it. We also have the free will to go, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing that? That's kindness. That's love. If I ever saw that happening, and I've seen these things happening before, and believe me, I'm a very loving and very kind person, but you start to do things like that to someone who's vulnerable, 
you see a very different side to me because I'm also a protector. I'm a protector. I protect my family. I protect my friends. I protect other people. I would never in my life stand for something like that. But I understand this is the hard thing as well when you start to wake up and you start to realize we all have free will. And here's the thing. When people say, well, will you see, why would God allow that? Because the, the, we choose all of our experiences. We choose all of our experiences. God creates all of us. We, we choose what we want to go through. God doesn't make us do anything. If we don't want to come to earth, we don't come to earth. You can still continue learning. The reason we do is because we learn quicker. We have these physical experiences where we can physically experience things, mentally, physically, and spiritually. So when people say, why does God allow these things to happen? Surely God can't exist. Actually, we choose to have these experiences. So again, it's removing responsibility and accountability and blaming because it's easier to do that. And I did it. I blamed God. Why did you let these things happen to me? Today, I sit here and go, thank you. Thank you for allowing these things to happen to me because I'm the best version I've ever been. And I'm on crutches. I'm, I'm, I'm rebuilding my body from quarter equina syndrome. I woke up four months ago, four months and a day ago, paralyzed, post-op. Thank God, no pain, zero pain. But they said the op went perfect. You'll heal from this. I went, that's all I needed to know. I knew it from before anyway. I knew it from before because I'd already told myself, whatever happens from here, I'm going to come out stronger than I've ever been. I'm going to be 110% stronger than I've ever been before because I know who I am. I chose this. I chose this for me. So if this is my experience, am I fuck, excuse the language, but am I fuck, am I going to allow myself to, to, to fall to pieces? And if I choose to do that, then that's me. But I don't want to because I understand today, knowing who I am, I understand today that it is my choice. And I don't want to live like that. I don't want to have an experience where I can't walk and I just, you know, rely on everybody and go back to blaming everybody for my troubles. Absolutely not. This is my life. This is my mind, body and spirit. It is no one's responsibility to love me, to care for me, to, to feed me, to wash me, to, to, you know, to hydrate me. These are all my responsibilities to teach me. None of these things. It's all my responsibility. I chose this. You listening chose your experience. No one makes you do anything. And that's hard to understand. That's very hard to believe when you live in fear. When you live in fear, when you live in anger, when you live in resentment, when you live in victimhood, it's hard to believe. I was like that. And I remember speaking to my sponsor and I was sharing some of these things. And he says, well, you know, that was your choice. You had another choice. You could have done something different. And I'd be like, oh, I used to get really, you know, to get annoyed. And then actually, because I'm not an ignorant person. I, I'm stubborn, but I'm not ignorant to the point where I'm like, F you, this isn't true. And, you know, I, I can, you know, like anybody else, I think sometimes we can, you know, we can victimize. We can all be victims. And I have been. 
And I remember sitting and growing as a man in those moments and remember thinking to myself, he's true, actually, he's right. Because if I really think about it in that moment, did I have a choice? And think about it. Think about something recent. Did you have a choice? Do you have a choice? And the answer is always yes. Always. Always. Doesn't matter how far you trace things back. The answer is always yes. If you are, I don't know, you know, there are certain things that could be out of our control, for example. Sure, you know, then 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 maybe that that that's the case. But you know, one of the things that I'm believing is. You know, there is always a choice and we choose those choices, which is why the right or wrong doesn't actually matter anymore. You know, and, and this for me is where I started to go, well, what the fuck is God going to do for me to starting to go? Oh, wow. God is everywhere. The creator is everywhere because you are a creator. I am the creator. My kids are the creators. My wife's the creator. My mom, my family, my friends, all of you incredible listeners. You are all creators. How did I find this out? I don't want to miss that. I want to make sure that I tell you. So through this journey of recovery, I started to discover meditation, which is part of the 12-step program. So I discovered that. And, you know, the 12-step the is is really cool place because especially if you're surrounding yourself. One of the things my sponsor said to me, surround yourself with winners, you know, winners win. And that's true. Winners win. And I started to see that. And as I've started to go more and more into coaching, more and more into breath work, more and more into business, it is very true. Winners win and winners talk in the same vibration. They talk in a higher level of vibration. And it doesn't mean that people are better than you. And I've heard people say this, well, you think you're better than me now? And I'm like, don't. No, I don't think I'm better than you. I just chose a different path, which has led me in a different place. I still love you exactly the same. You and I are still the same. I'm just choosing to do something different. That's it. That's it. But if your ignorance wants to keep you there and it wants you to make you believe that so you can resent me instead of coming with me and continuing to grow, that's okay too. But whenever you need me, whenever you need help and support, I'll be there. And often I've seen that people like that just disappear. But I've actually also seen people that do come back because they get to that point and say, I'm ready, I'm done. And they are done. And when they are completely done, everything changes. Everything changes. And this is what happened with me. So I started studying with a Buddhist monk and, and started to have that first journey of going within, understanding, love, kindness, compassion. Started to learn more about this, as we call it, the human form, which is simply a mind-body-spirit complex. That's what this is, a complex. And it's an incredible complex, but it's just a piece of clothing it's not something that is is temporary we age as soon as your birth your aging process begins and you don't have a lot of time here because all you have is now and every day is a different day which which time goes in this human form we are time you know we have 
we're time bound. We're time bound. But us in spirit form, we're limitless. We're timeless. We live forever. This goes on, you know, and, you know, we have incredible journeys and we have incredible lives. So I started to discover that. And some of it was hard to accept. There is a, a, a Buddhist meditation that 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 we go through that um, names and describes every single body part to your hair, to your forehead, to your eyebrow, to your eyes, to your nose, to your bones, to your skin, to your veins, to your blood. And it talks about the reality of it, that it's disgusting, that it's not a nice thing. And I remember when we were going through that practice, it's like it's an advanced practice. And when we were going through those practices, some people during, you know, after the practice were feeding back and saying, well, I love my hair. I don't think it's disgusting. And I remember, you know, our, our teacher, the, you know, the Buddhist monk was saying, would you eat your hair? If you found it in your food, if you dropped in your food, would you eat it? And they're like, oh, no, that's disgusting, which is typically what somebody will say. So, okay, so it, so it is disgusting then. And then ignorance turns into bliss and they'll go, ah, okay. And then, it'll, and then the questions will be, but why does everything have to be disgusting? Because it makes it sound bad. And the explanation was, it's not that nothing is bad. You don't have to label things as good or bad. Just see them for what they truly are. That's it. Just see it for what they truly are. And the when you start to see the truth around things, you start to realize that, you know, hair is disgusting. It's not a nice thing. You know, your eyeballs are disgusting. You know, your teeth are disgusting. You know, like when you start to, to to see things for what they are, they are they are pretty disgusting when you see them. But the thing is, the whole piece is beautiful. It's incredible. Of course, so when we look at ourselves, when I look at myself, I've learned to love who I am. I love my smile. I love who I am. I love everything about me. Because it's not just the mind, the body, it's the spirit too. It's the mind, body, spirit complex. It's everything that I am. But what happens with that is you take it deeper. You take it into such a deep level that it surpasses the physical element. It surpasses the physical. And this is where you start to then realize and understand who you truly are. And this is what happened with me. I started to surpass the physical, started to see things past everything. And I'm like, yeah, these things are disgusting, but they also make me really beautiful because I am unique. I am unique. My son, my oldest son is the spitting image of me, but he doesn't look exactly like me. He has images of, of mum too. He has his own personality and he's a mix but that's the most beautiful thing about it is, you know, him and his mum. we created this beautiful boy. He's a man now. And then I created two daughters and I created another son. I've created four beautiful, beautiful children. They all look the same, but they also have very different personalities. They all have different looks. But that's the most incredible thing in the world. That's the uniqueness of who we are. My daughter the other day, she's only five, 
she was telling my wife, she's like, oh, mummy, I don't like my round face. And she was really upset about it. And she's beautiful, by the way. She's stunning, like strikingly stunning. And she's got these beautiful cheeks. I mean, she's just got beautiful cheeks. And, um, and she's got like this beautiful little bun chin and she's just stunning. She's like a little, she's just like a little, little goddess. She's got like dark hair. She's got, you know, like olive skin. So she's really striking. She's a beautiful little girl, but she was upset because she was, you know, telling mum that, you know, she doesn't like a chubby cheek. She doesn't like her round face. And, you know, and my wife, you know, she's a psychotherapist and, you know, we do a lot of these things and she listened to her and allowed her to have space to talk about these things. She didn't shut her down. She listened to her and she had a conversation with her and then she went to school. Uh, she goes to forest school. She turned up. Wife had a conversation with the teachers and explained, by the way, look, I had a conversation with her. She may be a little bit upset, potentially a little bit sensitive. This is what happened. Here it is. The teachers made it a day to teach all the children about their looks, their uniqueness, how they are, who they are. And Ruby came back and she was flowing. She was over the moon and it wasn't made about her. It became a day for all the children to partake, for all the children to look at themselves, for all the children to share how beautiful each other is. The teachers were teaching them to pay compliments to each other. What do you think is beautiful about him or her? And it became this beautiful day. And they email us. They email us. They send all the parents all these emails. And obviously the feedback was incredible. And Ruby came back and she was talking to Lucy the other day. And she's like, oh, I love my round face now. And so all of these things, you know, when we can teach our children to go within, to understand who they truly are. That uniqueness is beautiful. Uniqueness is perfect. You are exactly who you are meant to be because we choose this experience. And sometimes we don't really understand anything. We don't really understand why we're here. We don't understand why we look the way we do. But it's okay. And we, we've we been told, you know, to, you know, oh, you want to have a six pack or, you know, you want to look like this or you want to look like that. You know, this is how you got to be. And that sometimes can be very damaging as well. And one of the things I will say, this is where I think we've got to cross the line. We've got to put boundaries in place is you cannot promote obesity. You know, again, I'm not, you know, I know I'm saying you cannot. That's just my view. It's just my opinion. And I think anybody with, you know, with common sense will understand where I'm coming from because, your mind, body, spirit is a vessel, is a vessel. And the more you look after this vessel, the kinder it's going to treat you. So the more and more you treat it with love and with kindness, with health, with wealth, with abundance, the more and more you're going to receive it. When you start to punish your body in mind, in body, in spirit, with food, with alcohol, with drugs, with porn, with social media, with negativity, with fear, with anger, with resentment, with fiction, with illusions, with labeling yourself, or you're damaging yourself, you're you're you become heavy, you become, you know, angry and sad and frustrated, which is why we're seeing mental health skyrocketing. You know, we're seeing suicide skyrocketing. You know, we're seeing, you know, just 
real sadness, real heartbreaking things happening right now because we are we have forgotten who we truly are. So through this journey of working with this Buddhist monk, I started to discover. I started to discover myself. I started to understand a little bit more about me. And what happens when you start to discover who you are, you face the fears, you face the anger, the resentments and all of these negative energies, all of these negative experiences, the traumas, the past. You start to face these things and you start to work through them. And it's not like all of a sudden everything is just going to go and disappear. It takes work because you're here to hit, to have a life experience. So it's continuous. And the more of some whatever energy you want to apply, the more you're going to get. It's quite simple. It's not like all of a sudden you're just going to, that's it, fix and everything is okay. It's continuous. And if you just take things simply, if you just keep things very simple, you start to realize it's not a chore. It's just something that you do. And it becomes to be, you start to simplify things. And all of a sudden it then just becomes effortless because it's just something you do. And it then becomes a part of you. But because you're doing something positive, you seek more and more of that energy. And when you do something negative, you seek more and more on that energy. It's it's really that simple. As I spoke, you know, in the previous episode is you only have two choices, positive, negative. That's it. There's nothing else in, in between. So I then discovered breathwork, which was, you know, the, the, the next one for me. And honestly, it's a life changer. Breathwork is incredible, incredible. I know it's kind of getting all this hype, but breathwork has been practiced for thousands and thousands of years. A lot of these practices, people claim and they go, oh, I invented this. I You ain't invented shit. Everybody can breathe. Let's get that straight. Everybody can breathe. People have learned to breathe in different ways. But when you go in and, you know, I've, I've spent a bit of time watching and listening and, you know, in taking part in different breathwork sessions, you know, and people start claiming that they've done this. And, they, and when you watch them breathe, it's just, it's exactly the same thing as everybody else. There are, you know, there are different patterns in which you can breathe, but it's quite simple. You breathe through your nose, you breathe through your nose and mouth, or you breathe through your mouth. That's it. Everything else after that, you can create. My my five-year-old creates different breathwork. So, it, you know, we've got to get away from this thing where we're claiming. That's an ego thing where we're claiming things. I did this. This was my invention. You didn't create anything. Things have been around for thousands of hundreds and thousands of years, billions of years. This planet has been here and it will continue to be here long after we're all gone. So the realization is, which is what I've realized, is just have the experience find that humbleness find that ability to to share knowledge share it's not about creation it's knowledge sharing look what i discovered what do you think about this how does that play with you and i've seen i've seen breath works that i've done and other people have kind of tried and i'm like oh cool he's doing it now she's doing it that's really cool and it doesn't matter but people want to claim things like they invented something like you didn't invent anything. It's just breathing. And again, it's the realization that these things are free. It's free. I know that we have to, you know, to survive. And there is a, there is a, at the moment, the energy exchange is money because that's what allows us to, you know, to purchase and to do other things whilst we're still in this system. 
But hopefully as we're phasing out and we create a new system, which that will be an opportunity, hopefully within my lifetime, I'd love to see that happen, where we don't have to exchange money. We go back to realizing that we create things and we can create things in such abundance that nothing has to be paid for. We just create and we share. That's it. That's how things have always been. It's just that, again, a small amount. And look at this. How is it that a small amount of individuals have 99% of the wealth? That in itself tells you how wealthy and abundant the world is because it doesn't. And people talk about wealth. Oh, and even these people live in fear because if you were really that, that, that awake, if you were really that open, if you were really that spiritual, if you were really that loving and that kind, you'd realize that there is so much abundance the this this planet is alive it provides freely so it's not like you know and people talk about oh you know food scarcity and they're gonna no it's because people are controlling it we have allowed things to be controlled for people to tell us what we can and cannot do when actually we grow everything for free these things are grown from the earth. The earth provides the animals, the fruits, the, the, the vegetables. Everything is provided for free. The honey, the bees provide that for free. The vegetables that grow from the earth, that's free. Someone's just decided to package a load of seeds and sell it to someone. And that's what all it is. Like the whole system is a joke. But this is where we, as we wake up and we start to realize these things, we can change them. How do we change them? We become communities, small communities that grow and grow and manifest. That's how things began in the first place. But people decided that I'm going to control this now and you're going to listen to me. And some people went, oh, OK. And it, they allowed it to happen. And then all of a sudden, as it always happens, people go, hang on. All this stuff was free in the first place. Let's get in. And then and then people take over and it goes back to normal. And then, and then what happens again? They elect someone or they don't elect someone who then goes into power. Power is not something anybody needs. We're all the same. So this is the journey that I've been through in that realization that no one has power over anyone. It's just a playground. Like we're here to have fun. That's truly like, that's what we're here to do. Like we're here to live life, to enjoy ourselves. Just when you go in, this is one of the things that I, when I was going inwards and I was sat here going, why do I need to work? Why am I working? Well, you have to pay bills, but why? The earth provides all of these things. The energy comes from the earth. The earth is giving it to us for free. The energy companies don't create the energy. It's already there. And we're the ones that built the masks anyway. Do you understand that? It's a human person that built those things. You don't have to pay for it. But this is the ignorance that we've been told that because I named something, I called myself the energy company, and now you have to pay me for that. Tesla created it for free. The pyramids created energy for free everything around us is free and this is that awakening part and this is the breath work 
started to show me these things because as I'm breathing and flooding my body with oxygen, I am able to take myself into a higher level of vibration that whether I liked it or not, and I didn't at first, I was petrified. I started to see and, and experience things that I wasn't comfortable with. Why? Because I was full of fear. I was full of fear. I was, I was, uh, I was anxious. I was stressed. I was controlling. I was trying to control things because the ego wants us to control everything. I was like, no, you can't take me. You know, where, where, no, where am I going? I'm going to die. I'm not going to die. It's okay. Chill. I did a breathwork session two days ago with a friend of mine. He came to do a breathwork session with me. He was training with um, uh, a gentleman called Dan Brulé. Go and check him out. He's in my, he's uh, a few episodes before. He's the Bruce Lee of breathwork. He's Tony Robbins breathwork coach. I've done his courses. He is amazing. I love his stuff. And my friend Joby uh, also trained with Dan. And he uh, he said, oh, mate, I've got to come and do some breath work with you. He actually got to train with Dan in person, which I haven't had the opportunity to do yet. But that's my goal is to, to go and see Dan personally and to go and do some some training with him. And um, and he came back and he says, oh, let's do some rebirthing. I was like, oh, I love rebirthing. Let's go. And obviously, I've been going through my quarter requirement. So, I, you know, the, the energy, the healing, all welcome, all welcome. And we did this breath work. I, I don't know if it was an hour, maybe two hours. We were breathing for a long time. And I was gone. <laughs> I was gone. My children came home and we had just started to finish. And my son touched my hand and he I could feel his vibration. My wife came and touched my hand. And my kids just came around me and I could feel their beautiful little energy. But they knew. They just left me. They didn't want to jump on me or anything. My son stayed by my side because that's what he's like. He just stayed by my side. He's only two. Stayed by my side. My friend was here with me. And then eventually I kind of came around. And it was the most beautiful, the most peaceful thing in the world. And one of the things that came from that session, which was only two days ago, was how powerful we are as individuals is receiving that message again of, you know, you are the creator. You are creating some incredible things. You know, the way that you've healed your body, you know, in such a short space of time, this is who you are. Rechannel this energy, continue to heal your body so you can show others, which is why I'm doing this. I'm not doing this to, to, to push anyone, anything. I don't have an agenda. I, you know, like for me, and I think this is why they gave me this gift is because I'm also that kind of person where I couldn't care less what you think. I couldn't care less whether you believe me or not. I'm not here to prove anything to you. I'm doing this for myself. But what I am doing is I am willing and I am open to teaching anybody who is open and willing, who wants to go on a journey, who wants to experience what I've experienced, who wants to heal in the way that I've healed, who wants to learn the techniques Yes, there is always an exchange. Unfortunately, at the moment in the world that we live in, yes, there is a, you know, there is a financial exchange, but I would love to be in a position one day. And I hope that we work together, all of us, you know, the millions and millions, you know, that, that, you know, will listen to this, hopefully billions that will listen to this will, will come to, to the realization that, you know, we are the creators, no one has power over us. Nobody. 
Nobody. These wars are not they, they are not justified. There is no justification for any of it. These religion, you know, religious divisions, there is no justification for it. The whole thing has been fabricated. The whole thing has been fabricated. There are a small number of individuals that believe this stuff, that believe these lies, and they fight against each other. But when you look at the majority of us, none of us want this to happen. I don't want anybody, any of my brothers and sisters, any children, anybody to die in a war. I don't want anybody to be raped and pillaged. I don't want anybody to be abused. I don't want anybody to be used for 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 trafficking. I don't want anybody to be hurt in any way, shape or form. No, because we are unconditional love. And that's the that that's what I discovered is that we are this pure unconditional love that gives love that in human form, I cannot describe. And this was me going through breath work. I started to feel it. And it was just an energy that I was feeling. I haven't, I didn't physically have the experience yet. So one day I went to see a friend of mine who, who, who was, you know, became a shaman. He started to practice, you know, shamanism. And I'm Brazilian, so I understand about, you know, the shamanic work. I grew up in Brazil, so I understand, obviously, the tribes in, in the Amazon and, you know, and in South America. And um, but never did anything with it, to be honest. It's not something again. I grew up in a family that was very fearful. So, you know, any plant medicine, any drugs, although I was a drug addict, you know, was frowned upon. It's a bad thing. And I started to get the calling, as people do. You get the calling for the medicine. And I got the call. I got the call for ayahuasca. I got the call for Bufo. And I started to then get the calls. And I didn't answer for years because I, you know, I'm in a 12-step recovery program. And when I was speaking to other people about it, they're like, you can't do it because it's mind-altering. And I didn't know any better. I was still young in. But I kept doing my work. And eventually I started to speak to, to this shaman who was also in recovery because that's how we met. And I then started to meet other people in recovery who were also in the program. And I started speaking to them and understanding, you know, what's the difference? You know, is this a relapse? And they're like, absolutely not. And you'll discover why. Because you're not using in the same way. This is a healing process. Again, this has been used for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years before us and after us. So these practices have, have happened, you know, through throughout our lifetimes. You know, these things have always been happening. Again, why? Because the earth provides, the earth provides the medicines that allows us to connect with our higher self. It allows us to do that. There is music, you know, the yogis. There are various different practices. None of them are right or wrong. Nobody should judge. And I have heard gurus, yogis, judging people, you know, or basically saying that, you know, oh, I wouldn't use a plant medicine, and that's okay. Like, I, I, again, I always encourage and, you know, and invite people to, to just allow people to have their experience because there is no right or wrong. We're connecting to the exact same thing. And sure, some practices allow us to stay a little bit more consistent, but how I like to always say to people is, well, you have to do the integration work. So I engaged in plant medicine. I had some really good conversations. I did a load of research. And the first 
plant medicine I ever experienced was a medicine called Bufo, which is from a toad. And it's actually uh, secreted from the toad. And it's actually a poison. But this toad is very rare, doesn't come out very often. But when it does, the tribes are very careful in secreting this, this poison. And they go through this process of drying this. And they, um, you know, they, they then create what is called uh, bufo. Now, bufo is the, the purest form of DMT. That's what that's what Bufo is. And it's it's five MEO DMTs, the purest form of, of DMT. So some people may have had the DMT. I know Joe Rogan talks about it a lot, or he used to talk about it a lot in, in his podcast. Uh Mike Tyson is another one who's obviously experienced Bufo and they've had the same experience as me. So I know I know that these guys, and you can see Mike Tyson, I know that he's definitely hit source so he understands um exactly where i'm coming from with with this and i know joe rogan is is the same as well and that was my first journey you know i experienced bufo i went to see this friend of mine who's a shaman and uh, again i went in trust the process clean house help others and i trusted the process and he said to me right today is going to be beautiful so i said okay cool and we did um i was just beginning my breathwork journey and his breathwork practice was very hard, but I'm cool with it. It's uh, it's more the um, you know holotropic uh, breathwork that he 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 was practicing at the time. So you know we were breathing, we were really really breathing, and by this point you know I was already started leaving my body. So what happens then? You sit up, and you know he then gives me the, the the medicine and this was the first time i actually giggled to myself i was kind of like a half out of my body but i giggled to myself because it's in a pipe and i, I kind of laughed to myself and i went oh wow first time for everything because as i said previously the two things i've never done is i've never smoked out of a pipe and i've never injected myself but this was a different medicine so he gave me three puffs of of the bufo and i lay down and i left my body and when i say left my body i catapulted out of my body faster than I could ever imagine. By the time I had hit the pillow, I was gone. There was no, by the way, we're leaving. Like we're gone. I'm gone. And I just kept traveling through time and space and just kept going and going and going and going and going. And eventually I hit source. I hit that God energy, the source, the creator, the creation of everything. And it was the first time in my life that I have become everything i experienced everything everything and nothing and honestly it was the most beautiful experience i have ever had in my life it was like i said unconditional love doesn't do it justice doesn't do it justice and what i learned from that experience is this is who you are this is your true essence. This is who you are. And then I traveled back into my body and I remember going like literally back in time. I saw myself as a child and then came back into my body. I came back into my body and I thought I sat up and I put my hands in a prayer position and went, oh my God, I've just experienced enlightenment. I thought I physically said that. And then I closed my eyes and laid back down. 
And then I could feel my friend doing the shamanic work and he's, you know, pulling stuff out of me, like energetically, he's doing a load of healing, he's doing a load of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's almost like things didn't finish. I'm back in my body basically. And I open my eyes because I burst into tears. I absolutely burst into tears. I was just elated. I was just, oh my God, what was that? And I remember then actually sitting up and I looked at him and he had this smile on his face and I went, what the hell did you just do to me? I went, you've experienced that, haven't you? And he went, yeah. And that was it. It was, it was the most incredible thing I've ever experienced in my life. And the medicine stayed with me, you know, and, and I've, I've had these experiences since. And, you know, I've had those kind of the, the, the experience when you have the, the, the bufo or the DMT, I've had that because you trigger those things in in your mind. You know, you allow yourself to to, to go and have these beautiful experiences. You're starting you because you're remembering who you are. You're reconnecting with the mind, body, spirit. And what you're what what I started to do is to start to to become my true essence, everything that I am. That's what starts to happen. And then I went on to practice other medicines. You know, I I did the the uh, psilocybin, which is the mushrooms. And I'll tell you about that story. And, you know, and since then, you know, like I said, I've been in, in, in recovery for, for eight years almost. And I've been working with the medicines for a long, long time. And I hold space myself and, you know, and, I, and I've taken people in the journey, people in recovery, people who are not in recovery. And, and it's been life changing for every single one of them, completely, completely life changing. And it's such a beautiful thing to see people's lives just changing for them to see who they truly are connecting with that consciousness some people connect with christ instead of you know going directly to source they connect with the christ consciousness and they see how beautiful and incredible that energy is and you know people have told me about messages that they've you know that they've had and you know i've had a, a message i remember my first uh, psilocybin journey i took a hero dose which is an ego death dose. And the buffer was the same. That was a hero dose as well, as I then came to, to understand. My first uh, psilocybin journey, I took five grams. That was what was given. Again, working with the same shaman. It was only a little group of us. And it was my first time, but I knew I was meant to be there. And by ate the mushrooms and drank a little bit of water. We started doing some breathing and this thing kicked in quickly, quickly. And I left my body. I was being, you know, healed by uh, what felt like energy beings. Uh, I described them as aliens before, but they were energy beings. And just, again, beautiful, absolutely incredible, just being healed. And it was just absolutely magical and a really beautiful experience. And then eventually I came back into my body. And the thing is, when you start to do the shamanic work, one of the things that you work through is you work in the light and you work in the dark or in the shadow. So understand, as I said, there is positive, negative polarity, light and dark or light and shadow, doesn't matter. So this is what we are. Energetically, That's these are the two polarities. There is nothing in between. So when you're doing the healing work, you're going to have these beautiful experiences, but you're also going to come down and you're going to have to clear the negativity away because the more and more you clear through trauma, the more and more you clear through 
fears and anxieties and, you know, and anger and resentment and depression and stress and what anything that's trapped in your body that's negative, the more and more you are willing to do the work to clear that stuff, the more and more you're clearing way for the light. And I was willing to do it. I was willing to do it. So, you know, I kind of went on the journey because there's only so much a 12 step can do. There's only so much talking therapy can do. There's only so much coaching can do. And I wanted to discover, I wanted to have these experiences. Bloody hell, I hit source. So I'm like, all right, I'll show me more. Like, what else can you teach me? What else do I need to know? Because if I can learn these things and then eventually I can teach someone, then, wow, what, a, what an honor. What an honor to be able to, to do that. And that's exactly what I did. So I went on this journey, had this incredible experience, came back into my body. I opened my eyes and I went straight into the shadow. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden we're all there. And honestly, I laugh about it now. And so my friend who's a shaman is right in front of me. There is five or six of us. So it's only a small group and the room where he would hold space previously. You can hold about 10, 15 people. So there was only six of us. So we'd, there was only six of us there. There's another friend of mine. She sat next to me. And then there was two. Oh yeah, so there was about five of us all together. And then these two guys. The dude next to me, I won't name them, but the dude next to me, who's also a friend, he was chilling. He was not moving. The shaman and my other friend, they were purging. They were just purging and what i mean purging is sometimes people cry some people throw up energy sometimes not, not you don't necessarily throw anything up but energetically you purge and these two were purging the lady next to me just looked like she was possessed she was head down her hair was down all over her face and she's shaking and just going through a journey i'm sat there at this point observing but inside i was petrified I was pretty scared. And this is the power of the mind. When you start to experience fear, you generate fear. And when you're in a medicine that allows you to experience beyond this, you're going to experience beyond this too. And it showed me what fear is. So religious texts tell you about hell. You're going to hell. This is where you're going. You know, if you don't behave... If you remember people say this, even during Christmas, if you're not a good kid, you're going to hell. If you misbehave, you're going to hell, blah, 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 blah. That's all a lie. All a lie. I'm sorry to tell you, it's a lie. Hell does not exist. It exists in here. You create hell. You create your experience of what hell is. You can create it here in physical form and you create it in spiritual form. It's completely up to you. You create that. Can you come out of it? Yes, of course you can. You can come out of it by calling out to the creator, by connecting again with love and light, and you will go exactly where you are meant to be. But hell does not exist. It's not a place that you go to. It's a place that you create. You create that. But again, it's an illusion. It's something that you're creating. So anyways, to the point, I then all of a sudden, the room starts to go dark. It kind of goes black and red, black and red. And the shaman right in front of me turns into what we describe as the devil or Lucifer, whatever you want to call it, that dark energy. So light is the God creator Christ. Dark is Lucifer. 
Lucifer, the devil, that energy, right? But it's all the same. We're all brothers and sisters. There's no, oh, you're bad, oh, you're good. We're all the same because we're all capable of both. And when you're truly honest with yourself, everybody has had really beautiful thoughts. Everybody's had dark thoughts. Oh, I'm going to kill him if he does that or umbrella. Everybody's had thoughts, you know, that, you know, you wouldn't want anybody else to hear. And that's the part of us. But we don't go and action things. That's the difference. That's the difference. We don't action these things. And people get fearful when thinking, oh, my God, you know, especially religious people. Oh, you know, I had these thoughts. God, I'm really sorry. Or they'll go to confession and they'll confess. I'm like, it's just a thought. Did you actually do it? No. OK, well, you're good then. That's it. You're good as gold. You know, it's, it's, it's literally, honestly, it's that simple. So I'm having my experience with Lucifer. My shaman now turns into Lucifer and he's looking at me and just telepathically, I'm not verbally saying anything. And I just looked over at him and I just said, oh my God, are you? And before I could say, are you Lucifer? Are you the devil? He shook his head. And obviously I'm in the medicine as well. So this is the medicine showing me this. And I remember thinking, are you going to do something to me? And he went, no. I said, I just want to show you that the energy exists. And I was like, am I going to go to hell? Like, what's the deal? And he said, no, I just want you to know that this exists and I am here. And, you know, this energy is possible. The energy, so listen to me, it's not somewhere you go to, it's something that you create. And this is what I started to understand. I didn't quite understand it the first time around because I was scared. I was still in fear. But I just kept watching it. And all of a sudden, the fear disappeared. I wasn't scared anymore. I was almost honored. I was like, wow, thanks for showing yourself to me. Because I, I truly wasn't sure whether either existed, God or the devil or Lucifer. I didn't think that any of it existed, to be honest. I wasn't sure. And all of a sudden, to, to understand and to know that it does... It was a true honor. It was something that I really didn't expect. So we go through the medicine and then eventually the medicine runs out and you go into the light, you go into the dark. So these things are, are, are very, very normal. And I come out and we all come out and it's a real happy and real joy. And uh, it's, you know, it, my journey didn't end there, but I'm not going to tell you exactly what happened. You're going to have to read it in my book and I'm kind of piecing together my, my story. So you're going to read the rest in my book, but that was the journey. And that's when I discovered and continued. So this was years ago, by the way, this was early in. So this is probably about four years ago. Uh, yeah, it was probably about four years ago, maybe even longer. And, you know, since then I've kind of been working with different medicines. I've worked with ayahuasca. I've worked with the mushrooms many times, you know, I I've worked with, with, with different medicines and, and it, the, the change in my life has been incredible, has been absolutely phenomenal. Not once did I want to go and pick up a drink. Not once did I want to go and use. And honestly, it's the last thing on my mind, the last thing on my mind. I am so filled with love and with light and I'm so tired because it's hard work. You know, some journeys can be all night. Some journeys can take, you know, six hours. So it's a long time. And if you're doing breath work with it as well, it's tiring. It's really, really tiring. So the last thing I want to be doing is, is doing any of that. I just want some cacao. I just want some good food. 
I just want to close the space and I want to go to bed. That's it. Like I don't want to engage in anything. And then after that, I want to implement the goodness that I've done. So once you go into these journeys, you start to discover that there is a God, there is a source and you are that source. It's who you are. It's your essence. It's your true essence. It's everything that you are. And there's no religion. There's nothing else involved. The simplest version of everything is just understanding that you are source and every single thing that you experience now one day will end and none of it none of it matters zero not even this none of it matters and i went through a stage when i was going through this awakening stage the self-realization as they say removing the veil and seeing the truth Part of me, my brain, the survival part, the ego part, the fear part said to me, well, what's the point then? If none of it matters, like what's the point of me being here? And I used to ask these questions to myself when I was younger. And there were times where I'm like, yeah, like what's the point of me being here? And I went into a bit of a low point where I was like, well, what's the point? And there, there are stories, my, my Buddhist monk, my teacher would say to me that there are monks who have that self-realization and they they go into the woods and die because for some people that realization is a lot it's a lot to 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 understand it's a lot to carry you know it's a lot to process that actually you know when you when you sort of think about it none of this has any real purpose or value like it doesn't really mean anything it means nothing you know there is a grand purpose that you're learning something on a spiritual level but what i mean is the physical element of things this physical body you know the physical things that we we get so attached to you know the physical things that we consume and consume and consume thinking that's going to make us happier when people go, yeah, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a billionaire. And people get consumed by that. And I hear it now. If you're not a millionaire, then you're broke. And people start, hang on a second. Are you helping somebody to become rich or are you degrading people by calling them brokies? Like it doesn't make any sense. Like your, your, like your message isn't straightforward because someone who's vulnerable coming to you for help and you're calling them brokey, and they possibly could be broke. How is that helping them? How is that helping to rebuild someone? And some people say, well, you know, it's tough love. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Let's call it spade a spade. Like, you know, some, some of this might work with some people, but some people need that kind of, some people need support. Some people need genuine help because they genuinely want to get out of their situation. They don't know how to. And by shaming and berating and calling someone names isn't going to help. And I think this is something that I've also learned is sure. None of it matters. And Hey, listen, knock yourself out do whatever you want. But where people truly thrive is by finding a common ground and knowledge sharing, but knowledge sharing in positivity, in that high vibration. And some people don't get me wrong. Some people are time wasters. Some people are victims. And unfortunately, there is nothing you can do for them. And some people will fall into victimhood. 
So I don't want to kind of point the finger at, at some people or, you know, it is all down to you, effectively. Whatever you want to experience, however you want to feel, no one will ever make you do anything. You cannot blame anybody for anything. If you don't want to engage in something, don't do it. Don't do it. And if you're thinking, well, you know, what if someone's got a gun pointed to my head? So what? That means you get to go home. That's it. It's as simple as that. If the other person is that willing to kill you for it, well, they're going to have to experience that later on. And believe me, it's not a nice experience. But it is an experience. That's all it is. Sorry to kind of break it down to you like that, but like life is really simple. It's really, really simple. Like there is, like there's no, we don't get given a handbook. There's no blueprint. People go, oh, I'm going to give you the blueprint to life. Like shut up. You don't have the blueprint to life. You're trying to fucking sell something. Just tell the truth. Tell the truth. You're trying to sell something. You're selling a book that somebody else wrote and somebody else wrote and you're just putting it all together. I've done that. I've created courses and this is the truth. I've learned this stuff from, from other people. When people go, oh, I've created this unique course. No, you didn't. Nothing is unique. Nothing is unique. No one creates something out of the blue. Every single thing on this planet has been created because you saw someone doing something that triggered you into creating something. So nothing is ever, ever original. And people need to get off this ego boat trip into thinking that, you know, oh, yeah, I'm no, be humble. We're all in it together. That's the truth. And this is the mindset that if you can change, if you have the power to change that mindset and to say, actually, I'm not, you know, I can create, but I can't create everything on my own, which a lot of, again, a lot of very successful people do. And they say, I cannot create everything on my own. I have incredible teams that do it for me. And this is who we are. There is a real element of genius in this planet. And we see it all the time. There are certain things that we do need to change, little things that we need to tweak that will allow us to propel ourselves to the next level. One of them is this huge divide on the monetary system. We need to change that. And it's not them that are going to change it. It's us because we're the consumers. So we need to change that. And, you, and what we need to do is to stop consuming, stop consuming, and everything ends. It's that simple. Stop buying things that you don't want to buy. You're not forced to buy it. You're addicted to it. So create things that you want to, 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 to have in your life and create your life. One of the things that I've I've learned through these journeys, especially when I'm having, you know, these kind of like outer body experiences and I'm in the medicine or I'm doing breath work, is I create my experiences. I create everything. And then I come down in back into myself and I'm able to create things. But one of the things I've understood is out of my body, things happen instantly, instantly. In this physical form, things take a little bit of time because it's so much denser in this planet. Things are so much more dense. But with more practice, you can become higher and higher, higher level of energy, which means you can create more. Some people are major manifestors. My wife is like that. I'm like that. 
I can manifest things all the time. And it's beautiful. So this is where when people say, well, you know, does God exist or not? Well, you are it. Because if God is the creator and you create things, you are God. Just look around you. Look around you. We've created all of these incredible things. How is that not incredible? And, and like I said, hopefully this brings you peace. Is No one's going to judge you apart from you. When it comes to you looking at your life, when you go home, you will have a live review and you will review the things that you've done. And then you go, oh, I'm so proud of myself for doing that. Well done. And there'll be times when you're going to go, oh, man, that sucked. And then, but you're going to feel not only your pain, you're going to know how the other person felt. You're going to feel their pain. And that sucks. And I'll be honest, there are times, and I, you know, do a lot of this healing work and, you know, and, and, you know, I try to connect and be kind. And I know there's been times when I've upset people. I may have upset my children, maybe my wife or a friend, you know, family member. I know I have in the past. I know I, I, I hurt a lot of people in the past and I try to do a lot of self-forgiveness and in hope that, you know, uh, we can all forgive each other. Um, because, you know, it, it, when I, as I started to realize who I truly am, I start to go, God, I never want to do that to other people, you know? So yeah, this experience sometimes can be sucky and it can be tough, but who you are as the creator allows you to create whatever you want to do whoever you want to be and stop buying into other people's energy. You know, the more and more you separate yourself from the negative, the more and more you can create for yourself. But what you also do is you attract like for like, because that's what we are. We are energy beings. We're literally magnets. We're magnets towards the energy that we vibrate. It's that simple. You will vibrate at the level that you're at. And you cannot blame anybody other than yourself. You are creating your existence. Everything. If you're in a, an abusive relationship, leave. Some people say, oh, it's easier said than done, but I love him. How can you? That's not love. That's conditional. You're trapped. You're a slave to a relationship. And I've, we've worked with people that have been in situations like that. And when they realize the truth, the truth's painful. And you see them purging out their tears and their fears and their anger. And then we go through the healing and the forgiveness process and get them to understand it's okay. Don't blame yourself. It's okay. It's just an experience. How do you want to move forward with this? And nine times out of ten is I'm done. I'm done. And it is literally done. Because they go back into themselves and they leave. And it's so interesting because the other person, because your energy has changed, the other person can't hurt you anymore. They physically, mentally, spiritually cannot touch you. It's so strange. They cannot touch you. But what happens? That person then goes and finds somebody else. And then they go, why didn't I do this sooner? You did it when you were meant to. You did it exactly when you were meant to. So don't ever beat yourself up. Don't ever blame yourself for things. I, I am a prime example for things like that. 
feeling guilty as I said you know things that I've done in the past sometimes you know I feel that pain I'm like oh man I really wouldn't never would have want to hurt that person intentionally or you know never want to put anybody through 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 anything and I always hear the message it's okay it's okay have you forgiven yourself yes I have well, okay that's good let go and that's what we have to do because it is just an experience and by the way we may not know it now and you may not see it you may not realize it you may not even believe it but we're all in agreement. Every single one of us are in agreement with the things that we're doing. So we all know why. Because we we made a choice. We made a decision to all come down here to learn. It's a school. Which is why the school system has been created. It's created a school within a school to keep you trapped, to, to, to get you to become something that you're not. You're already in a school. What the fuck do you need education for? Well, you know, I want to become the become it then. You already have it. That's why you are. Do you understand? Like when you understand who you truly are, you realize like it's all bollocks. You're not creating because someone showed you something. You're creating because that's who you are. You just triggered something inside you that, that allows you to become. Everything, all of these things you just rigged. It's, it's a system that's rigged to keep you trapped. And you, then you realize a lot of people do. And there are so many books that have been written. Go and have a look at them. Books that have been written of experience of the people who, who, who are dying. What happens to them just before they die? And these people share their experiences. And they come to this realization and go, oh, my God. That's why I was here. Why, why did I do that? Why did I spend all this time working? Why did I spend all this time stressed? Why did I spend all this time? you know, living by other people's expectations. Why, 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 why? <laughs> but here's the thing. It's okay. Even that doesn't matter. It's okay. You don't have to regret anything. You don't have to regret anything because you can always come back. You can always come back. And if you choose not to, that's okay too. I hope that you've taken something from today. I hope that you've enjoyed this session. I hope that you've enjoyed, you know, today's episode. And I'm just here to, to share knowledge. I'm going to bring some guests in very soon. It's just taken a little bit of time. I know you've had to listen to just me, but I hope you've enjoyed it. And honestly, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that you allow me to share this knowledge with you. I know that, you know, some of you won't believe it. I know that some of you won't understand it and it's okay just thank you for allowing me to have the the platform to share these things and i hope that it has helped you and i hope it has allowed you to want to explore to kind of go fuck it what have i got to lose in learning about these things in going within in connecting with with the creator connecting with who i am What's the worst that can happen? Because that's the thing. Ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen? You could always go back to the life that you've had before. That's always there. That's always going to be there. So thank you for that. And I wish you all the best, all the best, all the success, all the love, all the light, all the happiness, all the joy. And I continue every single day to send out energy that we continue to wake up you know, and see what this system truly is. 
and that we can continue to come together and create our own version of this system and be able to end you know the the suffering this illusion and we're able to to stop the the killing and the pain and the suffering because we we don't need it i know it exists because it's part of it and it's always going to exist because there's still people that want to live in that and again it's okay you know they're still our brothers and sisters it doesn't actually matter we have the choice but for those of you that that choose to change let's do it together connect with me you know reach out to me and you know let's start to to build this community i'm looking for people that want to do that i'm genuinely i say it all the time i've always shared things because i hear people talking about change all the time but when it comes to it no one does it so you know i'm looking for you i'm looking for you and i'm looking forward to creating a incredible incredible life see you on the ex on the next episode take care Thanks for listening. And if you want to find out more about how you can overcome issues caused by mental health, go to alexdasilva.co.uk. That's www.alxdasilva.co.uk. See you on the next one. Be great, be fantastic, and be absolutely phenomenal. Take care.